grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our consideration this morning is the first lesson from Acts chapter 16. We heard the words of St. Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He said, When Lydia and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, the true vine, fellow branches, preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. And have you ever heard that phrase come across it before? Supposedly it was St. Francis of Assisi who said it, if you believe the internet. I guess what, what that's saying is that when we live a Christian life, the kind of life that Christ wants us to live, a life of love and service toward one another, that that is indeed proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that, that our actions, not words, proclaim the risen Savior. Would you agree with that? I, I think in many ways we would strongly disagree with that statement. The gospel of Jesus Christ certainly is backed up by works of service and love, but ultimately, St. Paul wrote, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The gospel is preached through proclaiming it, through our words. To, to say that preach the gospel at all times, use words when necessary, is kind of like saying feed the starving at all times, use food if necessary. But there certainly is truth to the fact that, that our works, our actions, our service toward one another do indeed bear witness to our faith in the risen Savior. Throughout this Easter season, we have been focusing on the, the necessity of witnessing to the truth about our risen Savior. And we've been looking at some pretty amazing examples of people who did just that, like St. Paul and St. Peter, who, who, through their words proclaiming the gospel, were willing to risk everything, including imprisonment and even death, but this morning we have an example of somebody else who was witnessing to the truth of the risen Savior and her faith in Jesus. This person was not an apostle, not an evangelist. It was a successful business woman. And we're not told that she ever told anybody about Jesus, although I would be extremely surprised if she didn't. But what we are told is that she testified to the truth of Christ, her risen Savior, and her connection with him by faith through her actions, specifically through serving. This morning, as, as, as again, we look at, at the necessity and, of, of witnessing to the truth of Jesus, let's, let's consider this woman. Let's consider her. Her name was Lydia. Lydia, we're told, was from the city of Thyatira, that was in uh, what was then called Asia Minor, Roman province of Asia Minor. Today, that's modern-day Turkey. St. Luke describes her as a seller of purple cloth. 
Thyatira was a city that was well known for its trade guilds that dyed cloth purple. That doesn't sound like a big deal to us, but it was a huge deal 2,000 years ago in the Roman world. You see, it, it was extremely difficult and expensive to make the purple dye that would dye the cloth that the, the elite and powerful of the Romans so liked. You see, they would use a, 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 a snail, a sea snail called the murex. One of these murex snails would produce one drop of purple dye. It would take at least 10,000 of those murex snails to make enough dye for one garment. Lydia perhaps moved to, to Philippi from Thyatira because that was a, a kind of a gateway city to other places in the Roman Empire. It was kind of a, a bustling crossroads, so it would have a, a good market for purple cloth there. Maybe she used her connections back in Thyatira to supply the cloth and she would sell it. Maybe, maybe she even owned the, the dye works in Thyatira that made the cloth that she then sold in Philippi because it's pretty obvious she was successful at it. We're not told that she had a husband. As far as we know, she was a single woman, maybe a widow, maybe never married, but she had a house and in that society, in that era, that was something that didn't often happen to single women. She was a successful businesswoman with her trade selling purple cloth. St. Paul met this woman, Lydia, on his second missionary journey. Paul and his mission partner, Silas, had been in Asia Minor proclaiming the good news of Jesus when, when Paul got a vision a dream one night. And in that dream, he saw a man who said to him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Paul understood that vision to have been sent to him from God. He understood it to be an open door to Macedonia. Now understand, Macedonia is Europe. Asia Minor was part of Asia. And so Paul and and Silas, and then later joined by St. Luke, who wrote the words that we heard this morning, went over, crossed over into Europe the first time that the gospel was proclaimed in the continent of Europe. And the first city that they began proclaiming the gospel was Philippi. Typically, Paul would, would begin in a city proclaiming the gospel by, by starting in a Jewish synagogue. He would receive permission to, to speak to the, to the Jews who had gathered for worship in the synagogue and he would tell them about Jesus who was the fulfillment of all those Old Testament promises and prophecies of the coming Messiah. But Philippi, it seemed, didn't have enough Jews to warrant building a synagogue. According to, to Jewish law, you had to have at least 10 adult males in order to build a synagogue and have a synagogue to worship in in a city. And they didn't have one. But Paul also knew that usually at least there would be some place for faithful Jewish people to gather to worship even if they didn't have an official synagogue. And typically that would be down by the river. They would gather in the at the river, sometimes in a shelter, sometimes out in the open, uh, because the river would provide a source of water that they would use for some of the ceremonial washings that accompanied Old Testament worship practices. And sure enough, on the Sabbath day, 
they found a little group of Jewish people worshiping God. Apparently there were no men in that group. It was just a group of faithful women. Immediately Paul and his associates struck up a conversation with these women. We're not told the exact content of it, but you can be sure they told them about Jesus. They told them about the Savior who was to come, who now had come and suffered and died and rose again for them. One of those women there was Lydia. Lydia, St. Luke describes, was a worshiper of God. That, that phrase indicates she was not Jewish by birth. She was a Gentile who had come to know and believe in the true God, maybe from some of her business contacts. Well, after Lydia heard Paul talk to her about Jesus, something amazing happened. We're not told how she felt. We're not told that, that suddenly she had a warm feeling overcome her or some emotion or, 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 or if it was just an intellectual thing started to click when he told about Jesus, the fulfillment of those prophecies that she was familiar with. But we do know what happened. She came to faith. She came to believe that Jesus was her Savior and we know how she came to faith. Luke writes, the Lord opened her heart to the message that Paul had proclaimed to her. Lydia did not come to faith in the risen Savior because she made a decision for Christ. It was not her doing. Christ made a decision for her. We heard this morning in, in our gospel from John chapter 15 where Jesus speaks of the connection that we believers have with him, our risen Savior, like a branches to a vine. But a few verses later in Acts chapter 15, and we'll hear these words next Sunday in the gospel, Jesus says this. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And that is a, such an important distinction to make. A distinction, though, that I'm afraid some Christians don't make. Some Christians, some Christian churches say that, that your connection to Christ by faith depends at least partially on decisions you make, choices you make, things you do. That thinking will inevitably lead to one of two things, or maybe both. Either it will lead to a Christian becoming overly proud, maybe conceited, because look what I did. Look at the choice and the decision I made better than some of these other people who didn't make that choice. Or else, perhaps more likely, it will lead to doubt and often, ultimately, despair. You see, if my connection with Christ depends on something I have to do, then I'm always going to be wondering, did I do enough? Is that connection strong enough? Was I sincere enough? But Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. That was true for Lydia. That's true for you and me too. It is the Lord who opened our hearts to the gospel. For many of us, that happened when we were infants in the waters of holy baptism. Maybe for you, some of, us, some of you, it happened when you were older, maybe an adult, through the message of the gospel that somebody shared with you. But it was all Christ's doing. So that means, number one, give him the glory. Praise him for that. Don't take any credit for yourself. But more importantly, number two, it means we can have full confidence in our connection with Christ. 
in our salvation through the risen Savior, Jesus. Lydia became connected to Christ the vine, like a branch, at the river in the city of Philippi. But, but her faith connection with Jesus didn't, didn't stop there at the river. Jesus said this morning, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me is the one who will bear much fruit. And that's exactly what happened immediately in the life of that believing woman named Lydia. We're told that after the Lord opened her heart to receive the message and believe it, she and her entire household were baptized. Don't know who the household was. Maybe it was children. Perhaps she was a a widow. Maybe they were servants of hers. But after they had been baptized, Lydia said something. She said something that gave testimony to her faith. It witnessed the truth about her risen Savior. She didn't go through the streets of Philippi proclaiming Jesus is the Savior. She didn't sell all of her possessions and and join St. Paul's missionary team and continue with them. Here's what she did. St. Luke writes, she said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. Now understand, Lydia wasn't just inviting them over for for a little meal. She was inviting them to make use of her house to stay there, to live there, to to make that the headquarters, the home base of the Christian church that was going to be established in the city of Philippi. So Paul and his missionary associates stayed there. They, they, They slept there. They had their meals there. Probably they had worship services there in her home. They met with people and told them the good news of Jesus. So Lydia herself, at least from what we're told, wasn't testifying to the truth necessarily by by going door to door by her words, but she was with her actions. Her actions were enabling the proclamation of the gospel. She was serving out of faith in Jesus by allowing, by enabling, by making it easier at any rate for the gospel to be proclaimed in the city of Philippi. Now Paul didn't tell her to do that he didn't guilt her into doing that she was under no compulsion to do that she just did it because she was a believer just like branches coming off of a grapevine don't produce grapes because they're forced to do it because the vineyard owner needs it they just Do it because that's what branches on a grapevine do. And we as believers in Christ, connected to him as branches to a vine, also just plain produce fruits of faith. It's what we do. Fruits of faith come in a lot of varieties. St. Paul wrote that Christ gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. But not all. Those aren't the only ways that we serve. Those aren't the only ways that we can testify to the truth. Lydia served by inviting the mission team to make use of her home. 
In the, the book of Philemon, St. Paul's letter to Philemon, he writes to this man named Philemon who was not an apostle, not a pastor, not an evangelist. He was like Lydia. He was a layman. And St. Paul tells exactly what he did. He said, you opened your home. The, the, the church in the city of Colossae met in Philemon's home. And Paul called Philemon his co-worker. And I'll bet Paul considered Lydia a co-worker as well because of her service. How do you serve? There's a lot of ways to serve in the kingdom. We serve certainly when we proclaim the gospel by telling somebody. When, when you talk about your risen Savior and your faith to your neighbor, your co-worker, or if you volunteer to teach Sunday school or teen Bible class or other things like that. But we also serve in many other ways, like Lydia. Some serve by volunteering in the sound booth and making sure that, that our services are, are recorded and uploaded to YouTube so others can watch them and participate. Some serve by ushering or by, by helping prepare the communion elements or serving by cleaning the church are cleaning up the grounds of our church. Those are all works of service done out of love for our Savior Jesus Christ. They support the gospel ministry. When that happens, your Savior is pleased, His name is glorified, the proclamation of the gospel is supported. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Nope. Words are necessary always. The proclamation, the verbal proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ is what God asks of us. It is how people come to faith and become connected with Christ through the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean that's the only way that we testify to the truth that's not the only fruits of faith that we produce because of our connection with Christ. On Paul's missionary journey, St. Paul and his mission partner Silas proclaimed the gospel all over. They were supported by St. Luke, who chronicled that journey by inspiration of the Holy Spirit as well as served as their personal physician but they're also supported by many others on that missionary journey. People like Lydia. We support others as well with our prayers, with our offerings. Yes, with our words. How will you serve this week? Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, amen.